FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 248 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. There you go. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again on a resurrection special by Georgie V and straight from the Inner Comics podcast, Mr. Dan Cole. Hey guys. Hello. Yeah, so we're rearing in on episode 250, but also... It's August. Now, I know some of the books we're going to talk about are from the tail end of July, but um, it's officially August, and that's our podcast anniversary month, and this is our fifth year. So all this month, we're going to do special anniversary episodes. And by special, I mean I'm going to say, hey, it's our anniversary. <laughs> and that's it. But it's been really cool to do to hit the five-year mark, I, you know, I had no idea I wouldn't do this that long, and honestly, I think I only am because I keep having cool guests come on, because it was just me, like, when I very first started, probably would have tanked. But, um, anyway, guys, thanks for coming on and helping me kick off the five-year celebration. No problem. I think you said, uh, when you were going through your last uh, podcast, that you and, and Denise were planning to uh, watch X. Origins? Yeah, for 250. That'll be the right. penultimate uh, anniversary episode. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, it should be fun. So. Do you hate yourself? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. You know, I grew up in the 90s, so lots uh, of lots yeah. of self-flatulation. <laughs> well, con- congratulations on your anniversary. Well, thank you very much. You all just had a, uh, your four-year, right? Over to the Intercomics yeah. podcast? Yeah, and it was a surprise to me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know I knew everyone for that long. Right. But it's all yeah. So, Jason, what's more important in your family, your wedding anniversary or the podcast anniversary? Oh, wedding. <laughs> in case anyone listens. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, definitely, definitely wedding. But the podcast, I mean, it's, it's a pretty nice little achievement to have, have chalked totally. up 250 episodes. Um and five years, I mean, just talking about comics and a pretty niche section of comics. So, I, you know, I feel pretty happy that I've been able to, to go this long and that people still at least somewhat care. <laughs> so, I'm happy you're still around. Yay! Well, that's, that's, that's all I need right there. Except so. me. That's <laughs> well, Yeah. So anyway, um, we're going we're gonna to have a... Uh, Another resurrection talk. I have a little bit to talk about this time around. Um, got some Weapon X and some X-Men Blue. Uh, we'll kind of see how those books went. And then we'll kind of briefly talk about uh, Gold and uh, Iceman. You know, and I think, I, I don't know, maybe we'll see if everyone's opinions kind of stay the same on those two books or really all the books. But um, that's what we're going to do. So, Georgie, why don't you start us off? With Weapon X number six. All right. Weapon X number six. Writer Greg Pak. Artist Mark Borstel and Ibram Robertson. Colorist Frank Yarmada. And letterer VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Skan. S-K-A-N. 
Yeah, Rathna's gone. Rathna's gone. So what do you think of the cover, guys? I actually for like this. Thought, oh, go ahead, Dan. For a second, I f- sorry, for a second I thought he had dog talk to his tentacles, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've just... <laughs> I actually quite like it. It's menacing. And he has Wolverine hair. Yes, he does, yeah. So we're basically getting a close-up of the Batch Aches... Aches what? Got Australian there for a second. The Batch H test tube. And we have our Hulk Wolverine creature stabbing his claws through the glass. And everything's in a red hue. And there are... I guess those are the adamantium tubes. But they do kind of look like octopus arms coming Mm. out of his back. But, yeah, I like the... I know most of these covers have been really focusing on kind of the green kind of the Hulk aspect of the tube, but I kind of like the red, you know, kind of showing the anger. It's, it's a very emotive cover. So I, I, I enjoyed it. What about you, Georgie? Uh, I think this is the first time we're really seeing the Wolverine piece of the of the monster instead of just Hulk with claws. Right. So that was a welcome change for sure. Awesome. Well, Although that... we still have our corner, corner things happening. Yeah. That's uh, a bummer. <laughs> All right. Well, um, cool. Actually, I really like how the claws are sticking out of the the tubes as well. I think that, that looks it might be my, might be my favorite part of the actual cover. Those look really nice. Yeah, they do. I like them quite a bit. And, they, and Jason, they, I don't remember if, if you you've said before, but do you prefer the claws like this or more of like the the flatter claws? Um. So kind of both. I prefer bladed to rounded or curved. And so I, I'm not as picky on whether they're like the really flat, like Mark Silvestri claws or whether they're more kind of like the movie like this. But as long as they're kind of more like knives, that's kind of my visual preference. I know it may not make the most sense, but it's kind of what I prefer to see on the page. It, it looks cooler to me, you know, say as opposed to like the old school, like um, Dave Cochran or either sometimes John Byrne, as much as I tend to worship at the altar of John Byrne. Um, you know, his claws can be a little too round sometimes for my taste. But, but um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but I like, I like the... Uh, these are very... I mean, it's really kind of the same concept, right? I know Jim Lee and Sylvester, those guys may have drawn flatter claws. But these are still very much kind of the sword-looking, just a little bit thicker, a little more 3D. Right. Alrighty. I think I gave so, you a non-answer. I apologize. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think, I think that's one of the, the unique things about Wolverine is everyone has their own take on, on the hair and their own unique take on how the claws look. So. Right, yeah. I've never cared. Is that bad of me? No. Yep. Sorry. It's bad of you. <laughs> I prefer, I'm, I'm more of a hair, more of his hair, more like I need to understand that his hair doesn't exist in a nice sort of way rather than either over the top. <laughs> Or none at all. The claws are like there were the times where the claws look like um, toothpicks, and that that that's not menacing at all. Right, right. Um, I'm not a claw guy. It's kind of like a an ass ass or guy, isn't it? I suppose. Well, Being the claw guy. Yeah, it may just depend on how you care about the character, right? I mean, I think other podcasts might have the same conversation about Spider-Man's webs, right? <laughs> you know, like do you prefer? All right. You know, do you prefer like the um, uh, how, how to delicately say this? Um, <laughs> the uh, you know the the spoogy looking webs, <laughs> like with the the strands, or you like like the actual like cartoon kind of 
Like the old webs are really like, you know, like comic strippy, like, you know, just kind of like uh, with little webs in between them and, the, you know, and kind of anything in between. So, yeah, I mean, just people argue about the Superman S and really all just depends on how, how tied you are to the character. Because for me, for example, and, and I'll, I'll quit my rant when you talk about the comic in just a second. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm not as fussed about, you know, whether the S on... Because uh, while I like Superman, and particularly have been really enjoying the books right now, like, I don't have that same kind of intrinsic history with the character. My my fandom of Superman is more in the last, well, I say recent. It's probably more, you know, 10, 15 years at this point. But compared to my history with Wolverine, b- pretty big difference. So it just depends just, on how close you are to the character. Don't, I don't know what it is. Because um, obviously I love Nightcrawler. And we will talk about the comic. I apologize, Georgie. Um, <laughs> but like the only time I've not, the only time it like annoys me is if he's wearing armor. Because um, <laughs> like, I don't mind it, like a change of uniform. I don't get hung, hung up on whether he's a different shade of blue or how long his tail is or whatever. I just I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe I just don't. As long as they look like the character, right? <laughs> I'm alright. What yeah. if he has what those dinosaur feet? Yeah, yeah. It all depends on the person's in the, the artist's individual style. I think for me, if it works for the style and the story that's happening, like if if Joe Matt was drawing him and the style was like a hyper action sort of story, it probably would work. But if it was like Joe Matt drawing Nightcrawler going back to the church and having really like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would work as much. I think I think that's how my mind sort of gets it. But I do understand the claw thing. Sometimes when his claws don't look like he can do anything, and he's like fighting, I don't know, the thing or Hulk, and they look right. like they just break. <laughs> yeah, those those toothpick ones never work for me. No, no. Well, we we can talk about proportions uh, later with X Men Blues front cover because um, <laughs> yeah. Please. um yeah. Let's let's hold off the booby talk and uh for just a minute. <laughs> All right. So Georgie, you're in this comic yet again. Again. I think Greg Pak is he's gotta be a fan of mine, I think. Yeah. That's all it is. Thanks for listening, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> like the book. Keep keep going. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we start back with uh the crew is heading back to the weapon H uh facility. And uh, I make an appearance again as as the guard who is kind of freaked out, but um, is persuaded to let the Weapon X team in, otherwise he's going to get killed. And (laughs) we have this terrible, terrible image (laughs) in the bottom right corner of this kid freaked out. He looks like a scary doll, you know, like a doll that might come to life, which is, it's the running problem with this issue is the artwork, but... um, what are you going to do? Everyone has that face. <laughs> like that scary doll is going to come to life and kill your family. Right. Face. Yes. So they take their uh, Toyota Prius and they ram through the front door of this, <laughs> this complex. And uh, they get out and, and start attacking. Um, basically, it's just a big fight issue, right? Um, they go down this elevator shaft that leads them to the basement where all the experiments are going and um they decide that they're going to split up right 
some some mem- one group is going to go after the the boy they've been chasing, and the other group is going to go after uh, the lead um, church cycle. Any any comments so far? No, you're doing good. Um... Well, no, just about the book, not about my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh. the art is the art. <sighs> It's a case of the script being a hell of a lot better than the art. Yeah. Yes, a lot. And there are some decent panels, like um, the one where they're all jumping down the elevator shaft, I guess. Mm. Like, not a bad panel, but then almost immediately following that, you have weird domino face again. And then yeah. that one of of old man Logan when he's in the, uh, what is it, the... the the Rocky, the Rockettes, yeah, where he kicks oh. the door open, like doing the da 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 da, like, and then, and this, this you can't blame completely on the artist. I don't know why he goes ha. That's just not a very Wolverine thing to say. Um, maybe it hurt him, or he ripped his jeans and like ha ha. <laughs> what I don't like is. Uh... Sabretooth's um, glue-on fingernails. I don't either. They look like they've just been like he just put his they fingers into like casts. Yeah. As opposed to they're coming out of him, they, it's like he just put them into like little. Yeah, they look. Like, they look like little attachments. I don't like that either. Um, and then some of the faces, like there's one. I don't think we've gotten there yet, but the one of Angry Striker, where he's trying to get the doctor to come to his way of thinking. Actually, he's kind of appropriately ugly. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe when he needs to be ugly, he can do that okay, but he can't be not ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, the, the, the like, instead of, like, resting bitch face, it's, it's resting ugly face for everybody. Right. And there are a couple panels where the scientists are like, help, 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 that they don't look so bad. Like, they're freaked out and scared, and you can, you can see it on their faces. They don't look like scary dolls. They look like they're fearing for their lives. Right. That are so bad. But, but isn't, there, isn't there two artists on this book? So it could just yes. be Yes, yeah, I don't even know. You know, it's, it's, you should be able to tell, right? I don't know if I can tell you who does what. I couldn't tell you. No idea. Because the faces shift in style, so I don't know what... Because, like, there's panels where it's clearly not the same guy as Scary Dollface. Right. Um, but then it's like, hmm. I despise the face of Amadeus. Um, they've just been attacked by the Lady Deathstrike wannabes, and it's the bottom left panel. And he's just like, oh, yeah. he's, he's like gritted face. It just looks really odd. Just really odd. Just before Domino's and Domino decides to start firing at everything. Bracka bracka. Bracka yeah, bracka. Yeah, that looks. Bracka bracka. <laughs> <laughs> the Fozzie okay. Bear machine gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, my biggest complaint with the art is just how Domino is drawn throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Never really yeah. doesn't come together. But uh they're attacked by these they're not even cyborgs really. They're just uh as Dan said, uh just the wannabe wannabe metal people. Um and then they split up oh, so what did you guys think of this domino? action scene because i didn't quite is this how 
Hepworth's work, her luck only works when she can see what's happening, and it's not just like naturally lucky. I don't well, remember. Maybe, I don't remember seeing that on the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we've been on the same joke. <laughs> yes, Packerly pa- pa- loves um, loves his Wikipedia. Right. I don't see how that would work because in other other comics I've seen, she doesn't need to be not even be there. She only needs to almost arrive. Because Matt Fraction wrote, wrote that whole scene where someone was visiting a grave and then uh, I think they had like a replica sword and they forgot to leave it behind. They left it behind by accident. Then she goes to the grave to make sure that whatever. And then she's attacked and she accidentally knocks the, like she accidentally falls into where the sword is. So she has a sword now, which doesn't seem like I have to see it to, for it to work. Right. Cause I thought it was like an, an area of effect, like long shot. Yeah, that's that was my impression as well. That she was just naturally lucky about things turning out her way. So this was sort of a surprise to see. Yeah, I also didn't know you could throw machine guns and they would fire indefinitely. Yeah, but... <laughs> you know, guns are purposely made so that doesn't happen. <laughs> but right. she's lucky, so maybe that's because right. oh yeah, they, they misfired on purpose. Yeah, right. Okay. I just, I think it's an ugly. Uh, it's kind of. It just looked ugly. There's a the panel where they're getting shot where I understand the positioning of one of their doll like faces, but it just looks odd. It all looks a bit odd to me. And poor Lady Deathstrike has like the most hideous hands slash face on that gun falling <laughs> panel. It kinda of just takes me out the whole the the art kinda of took me out of the book, if I'm honest. Yes, yeah. agreed. When I when I saw like I was like, Alright, another another weak weapon X great Oh, no great land? Huh. He's not coming back, guys. Yeah, I know. He's going to Incredible Hulk with with, with Pac still, but they're going to the new the new legacy-numbered Incredible Hulk. And in fact, I think this Borstel guy is the artist for the foreseeable future on this book. Oh, man. Holy crap. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who would have thought you'd be like, oh, Greg Poxley, or, or Greg Land's leaving. How terrible. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, that's when you find out there's a, there's a level below it. Um, so. <laughs> Speaking of levels below, we go deeper into the complex and we find some H beta and H alpha. So I'll, I'll let Georgie pick back up there. So Stryker is like, we're being invaded. Please let out the, you know, the next experiments. And this is where the doctor betrays him. He's like, look, this is my life's work. I don't give a crap about your cults. I want to give these guys the final 10 minutes they need, need to cook before <laughs> I let them out and see what happens. And <clears throat> basically, this is where the Hulk and um, Wolverine get into it, right? Uh, because the Hulk wants to go save the boy, but then he realizes, uh-oh, Weapon X team is just going to kill everybody, and I'm against like killing everybody. So there's sort of a... A group, the group's breaking up here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, um, one of the like failed experiments breaks out of the tube and just like engulfs Domino. And I was, <laughs> what was happening here? I don't get it either. <laughs> well, I know they have cellular deconstruction, right? So I guess somehow, in some way, he's just deconstructing on top of her, and so her his skin is folding. Over her? It's weird. Yeah, it's like she's drowning in, in, in Hulk mass. I feel like this is where we change artist. So I, I, I lied. I think, I, I think I do know where. I think it's this, this splash yeah. page of the Hulk creature coming out of the tube. I yeah, it looks different. the start of Mr. Roberson. 
Yeah, yeah, Domino looks definitely better in the panel where she's getting engulfed. Yes. <laughs> That's a sentence. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if, if I had titled I my I, uh, episodes, that would be the title. <laughs> I'll, um, I love that uh, line from Sabretooth. She'll be fine. She's got that look thing, right? I thought that was quite a nice little <laughs> throwaway line. Because he's, he's sounding more like... Um, Sabretooth? More like Sabretooth, because I think what Bun tried to do in Uncanny, which was really humanise him, because let's be fair, the character was um, screwed over, shall we say, by Access. Access? Yeah. Access? Access, Access. Access now. <laughs> Whatever that thing was. Yes. And um, he was one of the only ones that didn't go back to whatever... But, um, but I, this feels like an anti-hero Wolverine, a uh, Wolverine, anti-hero Sabretooth, rather than right. just, I'm I'm really sad that I used to murder people. <laughs> um, this feels like what he should be like if he was going to be a hero. Yeah, um, right. I thought it was quite nice. I also love the fact that Little Man Logan, I know he's from a time period where he murdered his, all, all, his whole friends and he, he regularly gets attacked by T-Rexes and... Um, massive gangs of hillbilly hulks is that he's totally fine with going to murder everyone. Like he's literally okay. Um, it's, he's as just long like as they're the bad go. guys, right? Yeah. But oh well. And back murder. to your point, uh, I like how Sabretooth is laughing when he's getting shot. Yes. <laughs> that panel's my favorite. Actually, it made me mine too. Like, yeah. Going to embrace them in a massive hug. <laughs> So, uh, as we mentioned, the team has split up. Um, Domino is saved from the pool of Hulk. Um, and she's looking like a normal person again. Uh, and this is where the Hulk finds out that Wolverine has decided he's just going to kill everybody. And he gets pissed off. So in- instead of like doing his job, he's going to double back and go after Wolverine's team to stop them from killing everybody. I like that a lot. Mm. It's yeah, how it I really very, felt Amadeus. Right? Yeah. So what did you think of, of this page of Sabretooth going after Stryker? Why is everybody running on the walls on this issue? Because that's what people do in the 90s. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> Domino did it earlier, and now Sabretooth just running on the side of the wall like he has a speed force or something. It's right. I was watching... Um, speed runs of Sonic the Hedgehog before we did this. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Sabretooth. And also, I feel um, like this panel of him diving at Stryker, like this artist froze frame, like a scene from The Wrestler. It looks like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Mickey Rock. Yeah. Mickey yeah. Rock. I'd love, do you know what, I know it's not an, an extreme, extremely graphic comic, but it would be it would have been a nice touch to actually have blood or bullets coming out of him, <laughs> out of his back. Right. Because he's, like, dead on shooting him. So I kind of wish Striker was killed, but I do really love the panel where uh, Amadeus just literally, with his giant Miss Marvel hands, literally <laughs> right, right. slams him into the... They get um, bigger his hands every panel. Are, <laughs> His hands are disproportionate to the rest of his body. Yes. Well, his head is just so small compared to the rest of his body. Yes. And it's not usually like that, right? I've, I've not gone insane. He's usually well-proportioned for a Hulk, right? Have I yeah, got that? fairly well, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And the Generations cover, he has a small head also, but... So, uh, the Hulk comes in, stops Sabretooth from killing Stryker, because he's the anti-murderer, and this is where the group sort of breaks up a little bit, and Wolverine's like, hey, idiot, you had a job to do, and you didn't do your job, so now we're all... And then we um, cut to the doctor whose face continually changes with every issue, the blonde woman doctor. <laughs> Shapeshifter. <laughs> It's, it's got to be like Mystique or something who's just like had an off day who's just face is completely changing all the time. But uh, one of the the eight beta uh, breaks out and he looks kind of interesting. He's got the uh, sort of strangely balding head going. Uh, he's got no lips, so it's just like his gums are sticking out. Um, and he does remind you a little bit of when Wolverine broke out of his tube because he's got all the wires and stuff still attached to him. Right. What What did you guys think of this this final pe- uh, page here? Um, I mean, it's definitely they they are intentionally trying to be grotesque, and I think it mostly works. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Um, so is is Beta is that Bobby or is Alpha Bobby, the kid they're trying to save? I think this is not. Bobby, the kid they're trying to save. I think okay. this is the other one. Okay. Right. I just feel like it would be anticlimactic if this was the kid they're trying to save. Right. Yeah. So. But I true. But then, it, then it doesn't pay. Issue and check is just my feelings. But then it doesn't pay off the idea that the other guy that she was doing may be better because she's he's not a true believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I'm assuming we're going to find out when he inevitably dies in the, <laughs> the next issue. Yeah. Because <laughs> he just, just runs out of time. Yeah. I think one of these creatures is going to survive. I think the next couple of stories deal with the fallout of this, but we'll see. I, 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 do, I do kind of like her sort of Chris Claremont-esque dialogue. Which is like over explaining what's happening um, <laughs> at the time. Um, and I do have a feeling that this um, H beta, which sounds like an awesome drug, um, <laughs> will be killed by H alpha, I imagine. Ah. ah. Because he's yeah. not a believer in the. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that'll all play into it. There'll be some humanity inside of him after all. See, when you said it's not his lips, I generally had that weird moment where I thought he had a moustache. Um, <laughs> a flesh moustache? <laughs> yeah. Well, a moustache made out of gums. Mustache, so I was just like, everyone's got a moustache now. <laughs> Superman's got a moustache, right? Apparently so. <laughs> and so that's that's the end of the book. What did you guys think overall? Um, I have a feeling we're all going to fall pretty similarly. Um, and we all kind of agreed the story was better than the art. Though I did really, I thought the colors throughout were, were probably the visual highlight of the book. Um, lots of kind of different shades of green and stuff like that. I thought it worked pretty well. Um, I will say I, if assuming, assuming we got the breakdown right, I did prefer the second half art, which I'm assuming is Roberson to Borstel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I still enjoyed it. Uh, 
And I know Danny said the art took you out. Did it? Did it affect your overall kind of? I don't know the way you read the book, or did it just kind of like oh, I wish that was better? Um, I think I just I was just kind of like oh, because <laughs> it, because it, it, they have big moments like it's supposed to be like a big action book, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of like plain. It felt really plain, and those like sort of shocked as you call them dead baby doll faces, which are throughout the sort of first twelve pages, mm-hmm. kind of just like and, and Domino just looks horrible and. The rem- remarkable thing is, Land drew her perfectly fine, <laughs> and he's the one I should be complaining about usually when drawing <laughs> women. <laughs> but um, I think I enjoyed the story enough to let it slide for the most part. But sometimes I was like, "That is ugly. Right. That is ugly." I had I actually had to like take minutes back by just looking at certain panels, going, "Does that look right? Is that what people's faces look like these yeah. days?" <laughs> Yeah, I did and really I, enjoy I, this story. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I agree with Georgie and the uh, main scientist that I generally forget who that character is sometimes before I read the dialogue because she does look different, <laughs> especially in this issue. She does look different sometimes. And there was that other blonde girl in the other time, but I forget if she's dead or electrocuted or whatever. I don't so. think oh, they never paid off with anything. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, who is who? Is, who, is who? <laughs> at, least the, at least the two Hulks. Hulk, Hulk Wolverines, Wolver Hulks, Wolver Hulkerines, Hulkerines, Hulkerines. There we go. Or Wolvergreens. At least they're gonna look different. I like Wolvergreens. Def- we'll go with that. Wolvergreens. Yeah. <laughs> Wolvergreens. <laughs> but no, I like the uh, I like the story. I like kind of the kind of the turn. I won't really call them twists, but kind of the turns in it. Um, I really enjoyed. You know, as we've said about this book, kind of every step of the way, it's it's really more the interaction of the characters than anything else that sells this book. And I think Amadeus kind of realizing what the mission really is and getting really pissed off about it felt really true to his character. And also the way he kind of lost his temper a little bit, I think plays, I don't know if y'all read Generations yet, but kind of plays into that we're seeing him kind of you know, it's had a very kind of tenuous, or not, uh, kind of a firm, not not the opposite of tenuous, grip on the Hulk. And starting to see some of that slip a little bit. And so I think it ties into his overall story arc fairly well. Um, I just, to me, like, I was trying to think. And if you just close your eyes with this script and just imagine if, like, Adam Kubert had drawn this or um it, it could have been a really really good book and instead it was just kind of pretty good because of the art yeah i mean even if we still had rick land on this it'd be like hey yeah yeah, yeah. That, that was really good yep cool well where are we gonna where are we gonna land on weapon x number six i'll let you go first georgie um yeah i I like the second half of the art better than the first half. Not that I really, really enjoyed the second half, but it was, you know, decent compared to the first half. Um, the, the story's cool. I feel like it could have been elevated with the art in, instead of what, what we had. Um, my other only drawback for this whole story is that Warpath has just sort of been along for the ride and hasn't <laughs> really done or said anything important at all. I'm not yeah. really certain why they even have him on the team, to be honest. Right. Um, but I, I give this—I give this three out of six. Uh, I think the first half of the art really, really drags it down. 
Okay. I'm going to notice a hair higher than you. I still enjoyed the story enough. Um, I will say I was right. I, I kind of teetered back and forth between a three and a four. But I think I'll probably settle on a four because I like the story enough. But the art definitely did not help. So, Dan, you gonna you going to break the tie or go in a different direction altogether? Yeah, I'm gonna give it no, no. I'm gonna give it free. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's good enough. To, it's a good enough read, and it like you know moves the story along. And I quite like the characters. It's just uh, the art just doesn't. It saddens me to think that this is gonna be the art for a little while. Yeah, me too. Because this book is is good on the uh, script and right. side of things, and it has a great like like you said, uh, Jason it has a great colorist as well. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, why must we have crappy art? <laughs> Especially since this is like an action-heavy book. So when that's so emphasized in the story and the artwork can't back it up, it's really a, a letdown. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Cool. All right. Well, Dan, why don't we talk about X-Men Blue number eight? Yes, it's welcome back to the Secret Empire. Um yes. A small, a small tidbit into my personal life. Ian literally dropped this book once he saw the word "Secret Empire" on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, he hasn't even like read any Secret Empire. He just went, "What? What, what is this?" And I was like, "It's a tie-in to the event." And he was like, "So it's, it's, it's what?" So I explained comic book tie-ins. He's like, "I don't like the idea." <laughs> just, just... <laughs> so he's no longer reading X Men Blue. No, um, yes, it's uh-huh. um. It's, it's written by Cullen Bunn, artists uh, Corey Smith, and I want to say Joey Vasquez, um, Inca, Terry Pallet, Colorist, Matt Miller, and Lara Joe Caramagna. Magna? Magna? You said it back. There we Caramagna. go. I asked and, him one time on Twitter. He said it rhymes with lasagna. So. Oh, that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, cover artists, Arthur Adams, and Peter Steinwald. What do we think of the cover? Um... With, um, well, it's definitely an Adams cover, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely an Adams Emma Frost cover. Because uh-huh. he drew a lot of White Queen back in the day. And this is very, very in step with that massive 90s cleavage. <laughs> um, Her bustier is barely holding on. Yeah, yeah. That, that little tie is about to pop. Um, yep. Which is funny because on the, on the other hand, I kind of like the little bullets. Like they're all crumpled up, bouncing off of her. And oddly enough, I kind of like that she's wearing like diamond studs as earrings. As mm, I actually, but to be honest, uh, cleavage aside, I actually think uh, her actual expression and the way she's drawn and the coloring within their hair and such forth. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. The, the yes. like, sort of soulless, emotionless sort of walking through, watching people get gassed. In the background or whatever. Right. Yeah. I thought it was, it's, it's a really beautiful sort of striking image. Um, yeah, she definitely looks sort of, now that you say soulless, sort of robotic in how she's she's moving through there. Right. Almost, uh, was it Jacosta? Is that who I'm thinking of? The uh, the Avenger Bride of Ultron. Yeah. Person. Yeah. Kind of has that. It's like it makes, it makes sense that she'd have this expression after what happened to Scott. Right. Like, like if oh, this yeah. was the first yeah. appe- first appearance after, um, I don't like saying its name, Avengers versus Inhuman. Aven- Inhu- I wish it was Avengers versus Inhumans because then the X Men wouldn't have been <laughs> screwed over. Just out of it. But, um, 
But I, I think it is actually quite a decent cover. Yeah, I know a lot yeah, of people just is. look down, but you know, like women always say, eyes up here. Right. So um, <laughs> I, I think I think if you take it that way, I think it's actually quite a decent cover. Yeah. Well, let's so, be yes. honest. If it had been smack in the middle, like, like 1993, all these rick- there would have been ricochets on our nipples. So at least we didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> our saving grace. <laughs> that was the po- if this was in a comics, that'd be the podcast title. <laughs> I may even just have that as next time's podcast right. title. Yeah, bring it up. Like, hey, Jack. Nipple ricochets. Go with it. <laughs> oh, Dan, what happens in this book? Right. Um, <laughs> right, so we start with a pile of rubble, which um, obviously the goddess that is Jean Grey cleverly blows out of the way and, allow, and allows her and young Jimmy Hudson to survive, where he full-on Wolverines it with give me a minute as he heals the rest of his face. <laughs> and... As they're thinking, what should we do? The ever self-aware Blackbird appears and is like, let's go find our missing friends. And everyone's like, yay! Then we go to Utopia, which looks kind of like what the Phoenix Five did. Um, where it's all floating <laughs> things. And, cloud um, City. Cy- Cyclops has a lovely conversation with Emma, who still unsure about that characterization, whether she's literally just a woman that's upset that her man is dead, or she actually has a character beat other than that. And that conversation goes on for a little bit. Bless her. And then we move to the other boys who are just in a cage on themselves, trying to ask um, Hank if they would, you know, if he'd use his mumba jumba to uh, escape the place. But Hank's just not in the mood. How do we feel about this whole like magic business? Do we feel we'll actually ever get a payoff? Is it just constant whispers in the background? No, it will. No. It, there's a there's a cover not too far down the road of him in full magic beast mode. So I, I think there's a a little goblin queen story coming down the bend. It needs to be because you know you don't have to have like story start and pay off the next issue. But this has been you know breadcrumbs for quite a while now we need to sort of get on to something here right and how do we and how do we feel about angel's weird hair and old man face on the <laughs> on that page on the page where everyone's talking yeah. about magic spells because that is that is weird it is weird he does not he just doesn't beast's forehead is really fucked up too yeah yeah i know he's got like giant hands and the whole simian aspect of him but yeah weird head Aside from that, though, this book has drawn much better than it was previously. Yeah, same guy, Corey <laughs> exactly. Smith. Just, I guess, just needed some extra time. Uh, maybe it was too rushed the last one, but I thought the art was a lot better this issue overall. Exactly. And anyway, as the little, as our little uh, group of um, lads have a nice little chit chit chat, whether a beast is going to murder everyone with magic or not, we move to uh, my favorite sort of guest star at the moment which is Briar and um, Havoc having a nice little powwow in a really nice little hotel room for no apparent reason where Havoc is just a robot I don't know it just <laughs> seems like he has emotions and then um, my favourite scene in the whole thing happens where Magneo sipping <laughs> downing whiskey I imagine mm. is just totally casual about the whole situation yeah, just happy in the fact that he's got the Red Skulls um, 
skull, literally, <laughs> in, a in a box. Right. Yeah. And he seems totally fine because he's sent back up. And so we have this big old action set piece when Jean and uh, Wolverine mark five. Is it the fifth Wolverine? <laughs> um, oh, goodness. I don't think oh. that's... <laughs> I try to keep up. Um, so they try and fight, and the you know, and then oh yes, they return. Fingers Wolfsbane and the rest of the I have super million multiple uh, mutations uh, group turn up, and that's where we find out the big massive sort of reveal, which is the Black Bird was Danger all along in a nice black uh, black costume update. Basically, she's no longer blue; she's just black. Um, and she walks around and just makes holograms of other X-Men, which she can walk through, but everyone else seems to have to fight. But anyway... Um... <laughs> what did you think of that, that big sort of splash page with all the sort of traditional X-Men? I thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought it went pretty nice, too. Um, actually, oddly enough, um, the Wolverine face kind of reminded me of Alan Davis a little bit. Hmm. But anyway. I do like the fact that um, obviously Wolfsbane, as it Marrow and Firestar are not clued up on the X Men continuity because isn't Banshee a horseman of death? I now? believe so. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he's either but, dead um, or death. Is you know close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the X Men and you know some of these characters are actually in the city they're in at the moment. Um, but they're all there, jumping and having fun. Dangers are like, I've got this. You go help your friends. Havoc's are like, nope, I'm here as the boss fight. And then it's, oh no, we've upgraded. Polaris has joined the fight. Hey, sorry to jump in. Um, in this big splash page, that's Firestar, right? Yes. Where is he now? Oh, you mean, oh, you mean Sunfire. Sunfire. Oh, Sunfire, Sunfire, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, I think the last time I saw him was he was in Secret Empire Uprising as one of the terrorists oh, who's yeah. locked up. He's on the MS team right now, isn't he? <laughs> so that's why I'm like, why are they scared that they're there? Because right. half of them are like, on the place anyway. <laughs> but, um, I just haven't seen him like star or like be a part of a, a team in like forever. Yeah, the last time I remember him being important was Reminder's run. Um, um, yeah, Uncanny Avengers was the last time I saw him, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure he literally ascended into some sort of like living flame form there, or something <laughs> ridiculous. But um, yes, we end with uh, Polaris basically being, "This isn't going to be a good reunion. Yeah. I'm going to basically murder you with this building." So, <laughs> um, because I generally don't remember. And then, I don't know if you have a physical copy of X-Men Blue, but we were treated to all the variant covers that are coming up, which is the 90s Jim Lee trading card variant covers. And yeah. every one ever. And I looked at it and went, maybe I wasn't a fan of Jim Lee's art. <laughs> you know... <laughs> at the time, I was. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious. Thought, we're, we're coming up on that era in the... Uh the flashback episode so i'm i'm really curious to see how it sits now i think i my my prediction is i'm going to like some of it a lot and some of it not so much (laughs) but um, (laughs) but we will see we will see because historically speaking i know 
this is this is not very popular with guys a little bit younger than me, such as yourselves. But growing up, like he was the guy. Like he was my favorite artist forever and ever and ever. And really only until I don't know. Um I mean, my, my art sensibilities have changed, you know, as, as an adult. Um but I don't know. I'm just I'm really curious to see whether I still consider his own art to be some of my favorite stuff or if my taste has changed so much that I don't even appreciate it as much. But Well I I read um the first seven issues of uh, you know, X Men number one and him and Claremont's run. I uh, had it in like a X Men I think they're called X Men Legends trades. Oh god, it's like I bought that in like night something. <laughs> um and um I was reading it, and I was more upset about Claremont's actual writing than I was anything else. <laughs> because I used to really love Claremont, and then I think Exile, when he took over Exiles, when I kind of like sort of realized that he's kind of not, it's the same thing all the time. Right. And um, then I went, <sighs> recently I went and read that, and I think the Jim Lee art, a lot of it really works. Like, right. um, there's a fastball special between Archangel and Colossus, which is just beautiful. And um, he draws a one hell of a Magneto, but it's just the dialogues, like, they're just, just constant. And because I read the Dark Phoenix saga straight after, and it's the same. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just constantly describes everything. And I know a lot of people, com- a lot of people, co- or, or like old collectors, complain about comics not having a lot of words in it, or, or whatever, or being, you know, you don't get as many words for your money or whatever. I'm like, I'm glad. Because sometimes it feels like they're just filling the page with nonsense. And mm-hmm. I will always blame Psylocke for that because she always has to say my focused totality of my psychic power like every <laughs> sentence. Or, or, or Cyclops has to have like a formable speech, formable, then more speech for no, no reason whatsoever. Right. I, I think it's some of both. I think Claremont definitely just got tired over time. And by I don't mean like he physically like needed to take naps. I think he just his style just kind of wore out um, over I time. Think, I think it works. I think it really worked well in certain instances. Like when he took him to, when he does um, God Loves Man Kills, and it, oh, it, yeah. it, it was a very serious uh, piece of work. Or just like the Dark Phoenix saga and like the heyday of um, Cockrum and Ben and all that, where um, it, it works with the art and everything. But with Jim Lee, like because the the art is so. Right so hyper stylized and so different um to the writing it it's still a good story there's nothing wrong with like the the plot it's just that the, the dialogue just doesn't seem it doesn't feel when you when i always remember the 90s i always remember like really hard out but i think i'm just remembering the cartoon you know what i mean i remember it being like snappy and ridiculous and uh, you know like some cowabunga half the time <laughs> um but like it reads like it, it reads like his early work, and it just didn't work for me. So I'm interested to see how you feel about it when you go back to it. Like the, the art was fine. Like, yeah. I, the, my problem with these covers is they're colored. The colors ro- The color is really off on some of them. Like I think because they're using because they recolored them all, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem. Oh. Um, well, some of this looks very have... familiar to me. Some of it doesn't. So. Oh, this... They look super familiar. Like, I can remember probably like half of these. Yeah. That Archangel, I remember specifically that card. Um, 
The magic card is like I I think I have that card. Yeah, the Emma Frost one I remember that pose very well. Um, <laughs> I don't um, remember. I don't even know who. I don't even remember what this Defenders card is in reference to. And I don't remember the D- Domino card. But oh really? Yeah, but maybe I don't know. I mean, I didn't have the uh, whole set either, so I may just not have seen it. We didn't. I don't think we ever had. I didn't have access to the cards, but I had like a book called like the X Men Guide, which is like a blue one cover, and all the art inside was Jim Lee, and it is just all of these cards. Oh, nice, nice. And, uh, I was kind of like, ooh, it's just a book, but <laughs> it was color because that was like from when it when he first did it, so they were just reprints of the covers, and the color there was really nice. It really complemented it. Well, here I think some of the color is just off. Right. Right. So, yeah, his his work was always more like like scratchy. And mm. and I think the the coloring from the time really matched that better. I mean, when I really got into comics was after the, the the animated show started, and this was this sort of art style that was everywhere. So this is what I thought comics were supposed to look like. Right. So this has like a special place in my heart. And there are some some of these that still look really great. I, I feel like. But the other thing I want to throw out there that I'm just noticing is. Mm. As much as like all the women look very you know sexily posed, I'm not seeing like giant boobs and ass all over the place. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're they're everything's very perky and like in place, but nothing looks like overly overly sexualized like like the bad parts of Greg Land, right? Right. Or even I think I think Jim Lee would have to take his role of responsibility <laughs> for this, but I think there's a difference between him and after Sylvester went to Image and like Witchblade. Like there's a big difference right. between what Jim Lee did and what happened like in Witchblade or even why well, I don't understand why people would be turned on by it, but like life field stuff where like stuff is all stretched out and like just crazy well, to, to be fair to to, to to be fair to Jim Lee, um, he he really does need to like take some credit for the oversexualization of ex ex women because he, I believe, in the first couple of issues of his work, they are in their swimsuits, yeah, right. having a pool party, right, and they may look okay here in these in these well, things, but the was that, like are these sexualized? Yeah, and at the time, was this like? Like over over the edge, yeah, maybe. But compared to what we're seeing now, this looks rather tame. Was all I was trying to say. Oh, true. When you've got like Frank Cho and alike running around having the time of their lives, um, <laughs> Jim Lee. Because like Jim Lee, I don't, I've never seen his art as like Greg Land style. I always thought it was just it, it's of the nineties, right? And I think he's like the blueprint. Yeah, yeah. That everyone else just sort of it's who everybody wanted went to be. Crazy with. Yeah. Like I do like Adams, for example. Shadowcat's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that the because um in in the guide there was an Excalibur one mm-hmm. where it has all of and Nightcrawler's on the like stuck to the wall as one of the trading cards. I thought that was be- as a beautiful image. That sounds great. Yeah. But anyway, um, but oh well. Anyway, let's talk about the actual comic book. Yeah. <laughs> about that what do you guys think of of Polaris coming back? Because. Once again, when I started, they were the couple, and they were leading X Factor, and I, I must have collected like 30 or 40 issues of them running that team, so yeah. they have a special place in my heart. What would you guys think of Polaris showing back up? I thought it was I cool, like it. and I liked that she was Magneto's ace in the hole, because if you read the solo series from Magneto, 
Like it kind of ended with them kind of, I don't know if you'd say reconciling, but kind of at least seeing each other for who they really are. Um, I, I thought that was a really cool kind of, I don't know if it was the last issue, but it was right there near the end uh, with the Secret Wars tie-ins. And um, just really kind of enjoyed them back together. So I really thought it was cool that she was like kind of his secret weapon or secret backup. And the fact that she's going to be mad at Havoc for kind of being on the wrong side of this, I thought was also really cool. And hopefully she can kind of snap Havoc back to reality. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Because, I, yeah, I, I like, like them that. together a lot. I'm sorry, Dan. I keep I keep stepping all over you. Go ahead. No, it's, I, I like Polaris because I think she's been um, given a bad hand because she what, had a nervous breakdown at a wedding um, by Chuck right. Austin. Um, and, and then she was turned into, Peter Milligan turned into a horseman of the apocalypse. And then, and this was like going on all the at the same time. And then, um, was it Boobaker that sent him into space? Um, so she's progressively been sent and tested in these stupid storylines sometimes. <laughs> um, and I feel like they lost the core of her character somewhere down the line. And then uh, like the Magneto series really like brought her back to because Peter David tried his best when you know when they, they got back to Earth, Havoc and Polaris and they were just shoved into X Factor. And um Peter Davis Peter David Davis David uh tried his best to sort of salvage them mm-hmm. um after everything that had happened. And it was nice to see her in the end the end of Magneto as like finally sort of talking to her father and and I loved her in all new X Factor. Um, as right, the leader right. of that corporate team. And I just wanted to know where she'd been. So it's, for me, it's really nice to see her pop up. And I kind of like the sim- like the weird symmetry. Like, like they're the original five X-Men. And I f- if my memory serves, serves correctly, isn't like Havoc and Polaris like the other two that sort of joined the team yes. slightly after the original five? Yeah, they were sort like, of hanging around for a while, but never really like member members. Right. So I like the symmetry in, in, in that style. I know Wolverine popped up quicker. Jimmy Jimmy jumped in earlier. And I generally really hope that this is not a one-and-done sort of guest star. I hope she actually joins the cast. I think she, in the right hand, she'd be an interest. And the book needs more women in it, to be right. honest. It's like more like female right. characters. And I think she'd be an interesting sort of second mentor to the team. Um, right. And a really different sort of role for her and a really different path for the book. But we'll see what happens. I do right. like the idea that they're just going to have a When she originally fight. joined, she was sort of the younger character who needed, like, mentoring and was not really a full member. But now she can sort of pay that back to the, the, the team of kids. Right. Yeah, I really love that. I really appreciate that. But if we're just going to get a massive fight to end the Secret Empire, um, I'm all right with that as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 like I, I just kind of, I, I kind of want Secret Empire to just pass, so we can get back to yes. the nitty gritty of this book. Um, but this was so yeah. a lot better. Um, yes, a lot, like tons better. Um, but right with you, Dan, I, you know, kind of what he tried to do in the last version of Uncanny, where Psylocke was kind of the foil, kind of co-leader to Magneto. But she was almost too similar. I think Polaris could do that role, but be even more interesting. 
um, as kind of being like the the second in command, but also kind of Magneto's kind of morality check. I think she can do a a, a different way of that that works really well with the kids. So I, I, I'm with you. I hope she sticks around for a while. Um, also really enjoyed uh, the idea that Emma's going to try to kind of accelerate young Scott into her Scott. Um, All right. Like I thought that was really interesting and a really cool kind of conflict. Um, I, I actually, you know, there's, there's, there's some of the things from the, the previous issue I didn't like. Like I'm still not, I'm still not crazy about having kind of being where he is. And while I didn't hate multiple Wolfsbane as much, I'm still, you know, the, the people that are on this, the, the bad guy team here, still not crazy about. But overall, I thought this issue was a thousand times better than number seven. Yes. Agreed. I, I really like the art, and I Me actually too. appreciate the snicks for once. Like um, <laughs> when he, when Jimmy comes to uh, the panel where Jimmy is about to fight Havoc, and he double snicks. I love the like red around him, the whole like anger, and I thought it was quite a nice way to. Because I thought the art was really nice. I did um, too. Throughout, like he totally isn't. He is the same artist, but he <laughs> feels like a completely different artist. So that's right. Right. Um, and I, I just thought it really works. And if this is the guy going forward, then awesome. And and much like you, Jason, like Emma felt like Emma a little bit more. Just not just she is still a bit written like a woman upset about a man, which is annoying but um <laughs> it makes sort of sense i suppose but i really like i do kind of hope that jean because she loves just jumping in people's minds jean just goes into havoc and re- <laughs> rewrites his brain to being normal again because that's a good bit sex back in i suppose right so um that's, that's all I kind of I, I I think it's a good stepping up and I, I hope that by the end of the conclusion we have like a Polaris a Havoc in the book and they and I do love it I think Jane is a really fascinating character because I've I've only ever seen her written um well I've never seen her written like really badly by anyone so I think that if she's going to be another member of the cast I would uh, welcome it greatly because I think it just adds another level of depth and the fact that she's a transformer now um, <laughs> is exciting <laughs> right right. I thought that was a cool. nice little twist yeah alright so sounds like we're a lot more positive um, maybe maybe Blue is back um, when are we going to grade number 8 Dan what do you want to give number 8 I want to give it a solid 4 I think it's um, the, the the dialogue was there. I think the Jimmy Jean scenes are quite nice, and I, I think the jokes land quite well. Um, Briar is always hilarious, and I, the Magneto scene is just the best thing. He's just so he's so casual. Um, for no, he's just so fine. But um, I really enjoyed it. The the only reason I wouldn't give it higher is because I think that it's held back completely by the pretext of it being within a crossover, and it ha- this is all forced conflict. Um, right. Which I know is the concept of a fictional story, but, um, <laughs> but it feels like it just feels uh, contrived and quite like trite in areas. Whereas I really would have loved Emma's first and enc- first conversation with Scott to be outside of that 
sort of like she runs an empire or whatever. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have it been sort of a little bit more cloak and dagger, I suppose, mm-hmm. than what Emma Frost. Um, but the potential um, is there for better stories as well. So I have hope that the book gets better. Awesome. Well, I am going to continue my trend being just a hair high, I guess. Um, I I agree with everything you said, but I'm going to give it five out of six claws. I think had this not been a Secret Wars tie-in, I could have even leaned to the high side of the five instead of the low side of it. So, um, yeah, five out of six for me. What about you, Georgie? Um, This is a well-welcomed improvement over the last couple of issues of this book. I think the Madripoor book, if you guys remember, was so terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, so this is, this is it was a fun read, and I was happy to have it back. Um, I'm going to give it a four, just because even though the art is much better than it was previously, it's not my preferred style of, of cartooning, so it doesn't quite hit that sweet spot for me. But uh, the storyline is... I feel like it's it's on a trajectory back up. So uh, see a, a four for me. Awesome. Great. We have uh, two books that don't really have any Wolverine characters in them that we'll mention. Um, I'm going to have to do it fairly quickly. I have a toddler having a meltdown in the other room, so I need to go provide some assistance. Um, well, real fast, we're talking about X-Men Gold, which is Kitty Goes to Washington Part 1. And basically um, what you need to know is that Colossus kind of tricks Kitty into a fake date. Rachel and Kurt go on a date. Uh, Stevie Hunter returns as a congresswoman. And the U.S. is trying to pass a law to have mutants deported. And Kitty's going to go talk about it. But then uh, Whiplash from Iron Man 2 movie comes in and breaks up the hearing. And even though um, Kitty saves the day, it still doesn't sound like the vote's going to go her way. And just... For good measure, uh, Omega Red's coming back next issue. Um, didn't really care for the art or the cover or his Lashley again. Um, now the writing was fine. It just kind of there. Um, I gave this book just a very mediocre uh, two and a half out of six claws. What about you guys? I'm going to give it two. But I have just realized that the panel, there's a panel where uh, Peter punches uh, Whiplash. And I thought he had like an energy iron halo around his <laughs> fist, but it's just Whiplash's whip. Yeah. So oh. now it's no longer, as, it's, it's now no longer as fun in my head. Right. Um, I think it's ugly. To yes. Quite yeah, frankly. I didn't like it. Um, both in story and in MR. Because I feel like one date is just, well, I'm single, you're single, we're both <laughs> shit at life, let's date. And the other one's like, marry me now. Right. <laughs> that's weird. You're right. That was the weird... Uh, the, 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 like, I feel like Peter would like kidnap her now. <laughs> that's like, hold her in a cage or something. I know she would phase out of it, but it's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then, he comes out, and then he comes after her again when she's really low. And he's like, let's date, yes. Like, he just comes out, steps out of the shadows, like that monster from It Follows. And um, it's just, like, retalling behind her going, she's like, oh, we shouldn't be departed. And Pete's like, Let, let's marry. 
It's like in the background, like he's completely insane. I don't right. know. I don't like it. I don't like these characters. You're absolutely it, right. Uh, I rescind my statement. It's a two. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't, I don't want to like go on about it, but it just, it, bringing Stevie back just for nostalgia's sake, I feel. It, 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 I'm sure it's relying just on nostalgia now to fuel its sales. Right. Because... Because Guggenheim's just like, let's just put whatever you want in. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, the going back to the artwork, it's it's awful throughout the book. No character looks the same from one panel to the other. Colossus's face goes through like so many different metamorphoses throughout <laughs> the ages. It's like it's an ugly book in in artwork. I I have some other big issues. One, Whiplash shows up because he's a traditional. X-Men bad guy, right? <laughs> sure. They, they're doing this like terrible uh, Shadowcat talks to Congress and then she saves them with the American flag. Like how ham-fisted and like poorly like contrived is this like ending to this action scene? It, it, there is no subtlety to this book at all. No. It's, yeah. it's tell, I'm going to tell you what we're doing instead of showing tell, tell, tell ham-fisted this is x-men uh i i almost want to give it like a one out of six i think i think it gets worse with the idea that omega red is coming back i think that makes it worse like it's a punishment talking about like it makes it worse too <laughs> so let's quit <laughs> yes let's talk about iceman number three which uh was iceman visiting his family but broken up by the purifiers um and that's pretty much the plot, right? A lot of, lot of talking, which was fine. Um, yeah, this is the kind of book, Laura, that should be talking. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys kind of talk about it too, more so maybe. Than, but I really thought the parents just felt very real. Like that, the whole home visit just felt super realistic to me. And uh-huh. I appreciated that a lot. Um, I really enjoyed it as well. I think um, they're aiming for that natural sort of uh, drama that you get with family, and I thought that really worked. And I love the fact that it opens with like jokes, text me- text message jokes, which I thought were oh, really nice. Though. Yes, that first God. page is amazing, especially um, Boom Boom's like uh, new phone. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and I do love the fact that we are continuing to see Bobby in as this like sort of Omega level mutant with these astonishing powers. And like, he's, he's being nice to them and he could have killed them all in seconds. And he, and I like the fact that he, he sort of kind of goes over that little edge and brands the guy, um, which then still kind of leaves his mum kind of a bit horrified. And she's kind of justified in a little like sort of stepping back. Cause it can he kind of basically, it's t- it must be quite terrifying to see a man-made of ice, ice avalanche, an entire street, and right. <laughs> nearly kill loads of people. So I thought it was quite a, uh, and I, I really, they may be religious nutjobs, but I thought they did a, a great um, way of putting them across. Like even though he was branded, the guy still like I'll wear it as a whatever right. to yeah. like symbolize my defiance. And I thought that's that's it. You can't you can't ever like strike fear into these people. Um, they're still just gonna hate. And and I like the fact it ended, even though it ended kind of like come back tomorrow, maybe later, and it still sort of ended on a sort of happy note with the rest of the little X Men and stuff there for him. 
so I, I, I really enjoyed it. And the art is beautiful throughout. I really love the art all the way through. I think yes. uh, I used to p- Bobby is like my new go-to image for him now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the artwork like throughout this book, and I don't mean just this issue, but every issue so far has been amazing. Maybe the best-looking X book out there. Uh, I really like Jason. Like you said, the parents felt very real in that where his father may not be like the kindest uh, father, he's also not like a horrible person. Like the way that he tries to stand up to these religious nut jobs is also kind of admirable. Right. Yeah. And I also like that they they treat Iceman like an X-Man with powers where in gold, one guy with a gun was able to take out the whole school. (laughs) Uh, Iceman is able to take out six guys with his ice powers because that, that's how it really should work. Right. So, um, I, I really enjoy this book. Yep. I, I liked it a lot. I, I would give it a solid five out of six claws. I'd agree. It's not, it's not like quite perfection, but I'd agree with five out of six. Yeah. Five, I give it a five out of six because I think it's even going to get better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Uh, we got, got Dawkin coming up next issue. And then the old school champions coming up. So, oh yeah, could could be pretty fun. We'll see what happens. But um, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on and um, talking you. some more resurrection with me. Where can people find you guys? Well, you can find Georgie in a dustbin behind your house. If you <laughs> want, look out. <laughs> No, um, you can find me on in the comics podcast. So just type it into Google, and you'll find me and everyone else I know. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm, 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 I don't like plugging. I just like being here just to talk about X Men. Yeah, I don't need to promote promote my stuff. Your listeners probably obviously listen to us anyway. So they should should be. So if you're not, get on it. <laughs> Like Dan said, find me in the dustbin behind your house. Um, I'd appreciate if you could separate any like still usable food. <laughs> back me, that'd be nice. You like Santa, but for dustbins. Yeah, I mean, like, don't mix like your leftover like bread with like like the stuff you vacuumed up. Like that doesn't help me at all. So right. Yeah. All right. What's your Twitter, Georgie? Uh, LA Boy Toy, give me a shout out. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Well, as usual, uh, you can put the podcast and go snitch. You can like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter's at Snickcast. Uh, website and stuff is snickcast.podbean.com. And uh, so, just kind of what's left for August for the kind of anniversary episodes. Uh, we had this one focusing on the resurrection books with my. My boys, and then um, we'll also do a regular episode with Denise, and then uh, we're doing the movie, like Georgie mentioned earlier, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. We'll um, talk all about it, how I did or didn't like it back in the day, and whether I still feel the same. Um, but it'll be a nice big celebratory issue or episode, and then we have a pretty epic uh, flashback episode also coming up. Um, Got the return of John Byrne to Wolverine in the solo series, and then the whole like crucifixion episode. So all kinds of fun stuff coming up for that one. 
Um, awesome. Yeah, kind of probably be a double length episode as well. So that's kind of what the plans are for August. So hopefully to see you all there. Um, again, Georgie, Dan, thank you so much for, for coming on and just talking with me. I really appreciate it. Have a lot of fun. No, thanks so much, especially this week. We had a lot of, of good stuff to talk about, so it was, yeah. it was nice. Yeah, nice change of pace. So Awesome. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And snacked.